0: Good morning, dear Sealed Christians. Sorry, I wrecked your good morning back to me. we will say it again. Good morning. good morning. Make sure everything's staying here all right for me. How many of y'all have been to Washington, D.C. before? Raise your hand. Quite a few of you. I can't raise my hand because I've never been there. i make sure this mic's a little closer to my face. Get the signal. I've never been there before, but I hope to go someday because it's not only our nation's capital, but it has all kinds of monuments and, and memorials that they built to people, things that you want to see. I'd like to see the Washington Monument and the Lincoln Memorial and the, all the memorials to the fallen soldiers there. But my question to you is, what are the purpose of these memorials? We can interact a little bit here. To remember? Why do we want to remember? We want to remember the fallen. We want to remember what they did for us because they sacrificed their lives for us. They they bring us back to our roots, what our country is built on. You can't look at the Lincoln Memorial without thinking of a man who brought us through the Civil War put the pieces of our country back together when we were so divided, and a man who abolished slavery. They make us remember. That's what God is doing for us and doing for the Israelites today in our story from Joshua. He's making them remember him and remember what God did for those Israelites. So the Israelites are standing on the bank of the Jordan River. They're looking into the promised land. They had just been wandering in the desert for 40 years, and they were ready. (laughs) They were so ready to get into this promised land. But one thing stood in their way. The Jordan River, which flows from the far north, from the Sea of Galilee, down to the south, to the Dead Sea, so in order to get across this, they either had to wade across the river, or they would have to go all the way south down around the sea of Ga- or the Sea of the Dead Sea, sorry. But God did something miraculous for them. God stopped the flow of the Jordan. and the waters heaped up. He built an invisible dam, and he dried up the ground on the riverbed, and he let men and women children, grandmas and grandpas, animals, and all their possessions, be able to get across into the promised land. And God wanted his people to remember this day. Remember the day that he held back the Jordan. So he had, he had 12 men from 12 tribes, the complete number of people. You're getting a the theme here with the 12. He had them grab 12 stones from the middle of the river and set them up as a monument, as a memorial, so they would remember what God had done for them. I'm going to read this section of Scripture to you this morning. When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them with you and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. So Joshua called together the twelve men He had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe. He said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of tribes of the Israelites, to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you what do these stones mean, tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. So the Israelites did just as Joshua commanded them. They took 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, according to the number of tribes of the Israelites, as the Lord had told Joshua. And they carried them over with them to their camp, and they put them down there. Joshua set up 12 stones that had been in the middle of the Jordan, at the spot where the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant had stood, and there they are to this day. When I was first reading through this, this section of Scripture, I thought about a non-Israelite. Someone who wasn't from the Israelites' community. If they walked by those pile of stones, what would they think when they see this pile of stones? They probably think nothing of it. They might even try to kick it down or something like that. Because to the random observer, these pile of stones, they didn't mean anything. But if you got the chance to ask an Israelite, what do these stones mean? Why are these here? He would take you 500 years into the past. And he would tell you about this man named Abraham, and how God told Abraham to go to this distant land, to the land of Canaan, and there he will live, and there his descendants will live, and that land will be his. God had promised it to him. And while he's there, his descendants will be as numerous as the sand on the seashores. And then that Israelite would tell you about the 400 years that they spent in Egypt, in harsh slavery to the Egyptians. But he would tell you about how God answered their cries for mercy and God rained down 12, 10 plagues on the Egyptians. And when, he was, when they were escaping, God split the Red Sea and let them cross on dry ground. And then that Israelite would tell you about the 40 years of wandering and waiting in the desert. With a tear in his eye, he would look at those stones, he would look at you, and he would say, those stones speak. Those stones speak about a God who has been with us from the beginning. Those stones speak about a mighty God who held up the flow of the Jordan so that we could cross into this land that was promised to us so long ago. Those stones for an Israelite were a speech from heaven. We have things in our lives, too, that remind us of the past. When we see them, we're instantly taken back to that point in time. My grandpa, he owns a 1953 Hudson Hornet. That's a, that's a picture from our wedding. I got married recently, and we, we rode away in that. It was pretty awesome. He was a mechanic for his whole life. He owned his own shop, and he loves automobiles. He has a special appreciation for them. But to him, they're more than just a cool car, especially that one. When he sees that car, he's reminded of his past. He's reminded of going to the racetrack with his family and watching the Hudson's race, and they were always the ones that won at that time. He's reminded of his father who owned a Hudson dealership. So to him, that's more than just a a cool car. It takes him back to his past and makes him remember. I don't know what it is for you. It could be a family heirloom that you've had for generations. It could be something even as simple as a song that you heard at a specific point in time. And now every time you hear that song... You vividly remember where you were standing and what you were doing when you heard that song. It make you remember. These stones that the Israelites set up, they were more than just to remember the past. They were to remember their God who was faithful to them in the past. And God wanted them to do this. I want to reread the section here when he says, When God says to Joshua, in the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. God wanted his people to remember this day when he performed this mighty act into the future. Remember his goodness and his faithfulness to them. We have those things too. I keep this little box, it's like a shoebox, and I keep all of things that I want to remember in there. I have, I think I have an old high school basketball roster that I keep in there. And from time to time, I'll shuffle through those, those sheets or those pamphlets that I've kept. And one that makes me remember every time is the, the funeral bulletin for my, my grandma. And it makes me remember her, but it makes me remember... God's faithfulness to her, God's mercy to her, in taking her to to be in heaven with him forever. God was faithful to his promise to her. Without a doubt, you have these things as well. And you know what they are. It could be a sign that's hanging on your house at home, it could be a tattoo that you have of a cross or a Bible verse. It could be jewelry that you wear. Maybe you have a cross necklace or, or something like that. I don't want to limit it to those things for you because you know what reminds you of, of God. But the question is, why do we need these reminders? Why do we need these stones to speak to us about our past? It's because we forget, right? And this isn't the kind of forgetting where you walk into a room and you forget why you went in there in the first place or you you forget your keys sometimes. This kind of forgetfulness is a, a direct stab at God. It's a sin to its very core. It's forgetting God. It's basically functional atheism. And the Israelites were poster children for this. We talked about the Red Sea and how they crossed, how the Israelites crossed on dry ground because God split the Red Sea, this miraculous thing that God had done for them. And not too long after that, we find the Israelites grumbling and complaining and actually asking to be sent back to Egypt. Send us back to slavery. It would have been better for us there. And then not too long after that, Moses is up on a mountain talking to God. And the Israelites get impatient. They don't want to wait for Moses any longer. So they build themselves a monument, a golden calf, and they begin to worship it. These people, when they're left alone, build their own monuments that are in direct contradiction to God, who had been faithful to them in the past. It's not because the Israelites were so much worse than us. Oh, that was a mistake that they made back then no it's because the israelites are the same as us it's because the israelites suffer from the same problem that plagues us all we all are sinful and we all actively try to forget god have you ever driven home from church and had a moment of road rage I have. Have you ever let your eyes wander to another male or female that's not your spouse while you're wearing your wedding ring? Do you find yourself worrying? When it tells you in that Bible that you don't have to worry, that Jesus has you right in the palm of his hand, but you do it anyways. We forget It comes from an inborn lack of trust in God. We don't trust God like we should. But God's grace to you and to me is that he gives us reminders. He wants us to remember him. He doesn't want us to forget. So he gives us constant reminders. I, I think one of the biggest ones is that cross that's standing behind me here. There's a reason why we put it front and center in our worship. Because every time we see that cross, we remember exactly what Jesus did for you and I. He saw that you were dying. He saw that your soul was headed straight to hell. And so Jesus came to the earth and died on that cross, was nailed to that cross for you and for me that we could be forgiven. This was more than just him drying up a riverbed. This was Jesus drying up his justice and letting us cross a river of hopelessness, of guilt, of death, into a land of peace, of love, heaven, eternal life. Thank God that he gives us reminders. Thank God that he gave the Israelites stones that speak as he also gives us stone that speaks. At the beginning, we talked about Washington DC and the monuments. And we talked about what the purpose of those were. But if I were to ask you what those symbolize to you? I'd probably get a different answer from each one of you. Or at least a wide variety of answers. To people, those monuments, Washington Monument, Lincoln Memorial, all those things, they symbolize freedom. They symbolize hope. They symbolize independence, sacrifice. All wonderful things that deserve to be commemorated. But the things... The thing that those monuments and those memorials that they don't do is they don't ensure anything for your future. They don't make any promises to you in the future. When you look at the the Washington Monument, you can't say that this United States will always be independent now until the end of time. When you see the Lincoln Memorial, you can't say that there will never be divisions in this world ever again. When you see the the memorials to the fallen soldiers, you can't say that we're going to win every single war from now until the end of time. You can't say those things because that's not the point. The point of those monuments, those memorials, was to remember the past, but they don't promise anything in the future. So how about those stones for the Israelites? They were to remember the past. They were to remember the day that God dried up The Jordan River. Stop the flow of the Jordan River so they could get across into the Promised Land. But there's so much more than that. The Israelites, when they saw those, they saw God's faithfulness to them from the very beginning, but they saw an unchanging God. A God who hadn't changed through all those years and would never change that God was with them in the past and that God would be with them in the future. And that was a good feeling for the Israelites at that time. They're standing looking into this new land. They're excited because they've been wandering for 40 years. But they don't know what armies, they don't know what famines, they don't know what problems await them in this promised land. But they do know that the unchanging God would always be with them. We have those assurances as well, In a lot of churches, you'll see a, a baptismal font. If you've been to Holy Word Austin, you, you'll see the, the baptismal font front and center. And a question that gets asked quite a bit is, why do we keep that right there? Isn't it just in the way when we come up for communion? Doesn't it just kind of block our view? We keep it there because we want people to remember, we want you to remember your baptism. God wants you to remember your baptism. He wants you to remember the day that you were sealed. He wants you to remember the day that he claimed you as his, washed all your sins away and worked faith in your heart. I tend to get a little emotional when I see a a baptism, especially a little baby being baptized. Because it's not just water. It's a miracle. Because no matter what that baby grows up to be, no matter what problems that baby might face in the future, that baby has the firm promise that God connects to baptism. Jesus says, He says, Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. The baby will never have to doubt where where he's going when he dies. Because he has the sure hope from Jesus. That is a stone that speaks. One of the hardest things for, for us, for, for me even personally, to come to grips with is forgiveness. And I think it's partially because sometimes we're not, we're not so quick to forgive ourselves. I think some of it is because we don't truly understand God's forgiveness in our sinful human mind. But God knows those kinds of things. He gives us reminders. He gives us the sacrament of Holy Communion. Jesus, when he instituted he said, do this in remembrance of me. Every time that you eat the bread, the body of Christ, remember the body that he gave up for you. Every time you, you drink the wine, the blood of Christ, remember the blood that he spilled for you. God wants you to remember these things because he wants you to give you forgiveness and wants you to remember that you are forgiven. And that's a sure promise. That's a stone that's speaking to you. You know, to anyone else, baptism's just water. Communion's just a little bit of wine, a tiny little wafer. To you, it's the grace of God. Those stones, they're not, they're not still there. Those actual stones on the Jordan River, they're not there. But that's okay. It's okay. We have the word about it. We have it written down in here so we can trust that it's true. Those kinds of monuments and memorials, they they come and go so quickly. Even a church can come and go so quickly. But one thing will always stand and remain. Word of God will always remain. People have tried to get rid of it for many years. But more Bibles were printed. More people were telling about what Jesus had done for them. Because to anyone else, this book, it's just a book full of stories and instructions. But to you and I, it is the Word of God. It is God's promises, it is His Holy Word. I love that our church is called Holy Word. It really speaks to the reverence and the love that you have for the, for the Word of God. And I know you all have heard a lot about the, the 500th anniversary of the Reformation. It's been brought up a lot. But it's a good thing to celebrate because we're not just celebrating Martin Luther. We're celebrating a return to Scripture. A return to Scripture alone, to the sufficiency of Scripture. This Tuesday on PBS, nationally, they'll be airing a a documentary, the movie about Martin Luther. And there's a great scene at the end. This is a little spoiler for you, sorry. There's a great scene at the end where the camera pans to, to Martin Luther and he says, I did nothing. The Word did everything. That's the story of the Christian church for the last 2,000 years. And it will continue to be the story of our church for the next however many years. So when you do feel guilt, when you do feel hopelessness, look to the stones that speak. Because God makes promises to you And he tells you the truth. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for the stones of the past that remind us of what you have done for us in the past and how you've been faithful to us in the past. Lord, help us to to remember and keep giving us these reminders that remind us of you. That we may always have confidence, we always may be assured of our future that you will always be with us and that you will take us one day to be in heaven with you. Lord, we pray all these things in your name. Amen.